This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Keen, and that was the intersection between racism and homophobia. My name is James and I hate people. <laughs> Welcome to the final episode of the Sissy That Pod recaps of season 14. We're chatting the reunion and we're chatting that all important finale. It's been a long, it's been a long, a long, a long road, but here we are. Here we are, exactly. Just the two of us to wrap it up. We'll get into how we think the season ranked. Are we, were we excited overall? Yeah, we'll get into the nooks and crannies, the, the, the nitty gritty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we do that though uh, We just want to shout out That we are covering Drag Race España Over in the premium feed If you want to check it out Now that season 14 is over You're very welcome along Head over to headsofpodcast.com To get it It's just 5 euro a month And you'll be supporting the show And you'll be keeping us You know Roofs over our head So that we can keep the content coming And if you need any further convincing that you're not just getting all of our premium content past, at present and future, you're getting all the premium content for all the podcasts on our network, just like this one. I Know That Face is a movie podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network, hosted by me, Stephen Porzio. And me, Andrew Carroll. Our show is all about character actors, the type of performers you'll see pop up in supporting roles in blockbusters, the type of people you know the faces but not the names. Each episode we pick one particular character actor and discuss a couple of their movies, shining a light on the performer's career while giving listeners plenty of movie recommendations. So the show is a must for cinema lovers. Subscribe to I Know That Face wherever you get podcasts and follow us on Twitter at I Know That Face P1. On this week's episode of The Workroom, James and I share our thoughts on the recently revealed cast of All Stars 7. Trinity the Tuck kind of felt she deserved to win season or All Stars 4. She can kind of do everything. But yet, I find her hard to like. And I know there's the whole... She Devil by Night. Drama as yeah. well. And I don't know if they're going to get into that or not. But but like in terms of the drag, it is, it is it's flawless. It's the character that's flawed. Exactly, exactly. Like a good Shakespearean play. James and I get into an argument over which season had the more iconic cast, season 12 or season 13. I think the top four in season 13 are much more memorable than the top four on season 12. Even your, even your gal Crystal. Even my gal Crystal. And I'm excited to see that the Havies in Drag Race Spain are just as much of crybabies as I am. I'm a crier. I'm a stands-up crier, but those boys, they're criers oh too. Oh my god, they, they're, those emotions are like, like right under the surface. <laughs> yeah, at any point, they could cry. They could just like... <laughs> they even shared a kiss, remember, during the oh, final yes. act of the thing. They were just so overwhelmed and proud of their own work that they were like, let's have a kiss. <laughs> Good for them. So, so that's the workroom, the premium feed of Sissy Dead Pod. Head over to headstuffpodcast.com to sign up to get all the episodes. We'll see you over there. Right, before we get into season 14, uh, we are recording this uh, the Sunday before it airs. And it's the day that our our second podcast baby is out in the world. Has, yeah. has grown legs and ran. Has, has, has been like, like, a, like, a, like a, little, a little baby foal that's just been birthed, mm. getting up and shaking off and running off into the sunset. Yeah, it looks sort of or awkward something. and maladroit because the legs are too long. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and needs attention, likes and reviews. <laughs> oh, yeah. Foals love reviews. 
<laughs> yeah, it's called Queer Classified. We've been working on it since maybe October of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a chance for us to bring this kind of review that we do of Drag Race episodes into just the, the broader queer cultural media landscape yeah it actually came out of um some some content we did with in the workroom Mm -hmm. uh, where we we looked at a couple of kind of queer classic movies we we took paris is burning and death becomes her Her. and then sort of was like thinking about like how how in a changing queer landscape, do we still like admire the legacy of things that existed or things that were important to queer people? It's been brilliant to to, to be uh, to, to be actually recording. I've I've really enjoyed mm. being able to like really do some deep dives into certain things that like I was really attached to. Like we did "Standing in Way of the Control" by the Gossip, mm-hmm. which was an album that I so related to when I was younger. Um, and going back into it and being like, God, that was a different James who liked this album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, like we get to, you know, we get a chance to visit things. Like I always wanted to watch the Channel 14 lesbian drama Sugar Rush from the mid noughties So I get to go back and visit that. Um, and we review that. That doesn't fare as well as one might have hoped. Uh, but then also like some things that we're, we love, like the movie Clueless, uh, the Barbra Streisand, uh, Barbra Streisand music as well. So there's a bit of everything oh, we- in there. Yeah, there there really is. Like it's a, and it's a real like it's great to get people who are pa- we have some guests who are like really passionate about the subjects that they're talking about and really kind of connect to, mm. to what we're what we're what we're going to be talking about. And like I, yeah, I think get on over there. Episode one and two are out right now over wherever you get your podcasts, and we're discussing the Channel Four uh, sort of I suppose. The epoch moment in queer representation. That epoch is is a word I like to use. Mm-hmm. Queer as folk from the the late nineties with Victoria's Secret. Yeah, exactly. And you know, just the, the clarification: it launched today, so some platform catchers are still catching up. But it's called Queer Classified. So just keep checking if it's not there yet by the time you listen to this. Um, so yeah, let us know what you think, and if you listen to it, you can hit us up and recommend some things to do because there's lots of things we want to talk about. Exactly. So let's talk about. This final two culminating episodes of season 14. Uh, we'll start off with the reunion. Any high level comments before we delve in on the reunion? Did you, when, when it finished, did you think to yourself, I enjoyed that? Yeah. I, and actually, you know, I know that that sort of emotion, we ran the gamut of emotions over the course of this season. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's safe to say that I got very frustrated during the middle point, during the sort of the, the 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 desert of eliminations that we experienced in the, mm. in the midsection of this season, I I found myself kind of getting frustrated because I was like, what is this? Like this this is this is not RuPaul's School for Girls. This is RuPaul's Drag Race started eliminating some queens. But as we came to the end of it, first of all, you know, delighted to have a top five. Loved each of the top five very much. And seeing them all back together as a cast and mm. some of the drama that came up at the reunion, I was like, yeah, this was a this was a fiery season. It was entertaining. I, I mean, I don't know that it's going to go down in the, as a golden age drag race season, but certainly strong. Yeah, like I think it was nice to sort of revisit, like kind of nudged by the producers, the Jasmine Dia beef, and then yeah. kind of I think Dia concludes it nicely when like she gets upset and she was like. You know, every time I watch you, I just realize like that's just a younger version of me. And I think that makes a lot of sense as to why they're bickering, because I think there is a lot of similarities between them. So I think that was a nice like full stop to the drama. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing one thing that I, I suppose like 
when someone has a, a slightly more maybe kind of high-pitched voice or deals with things in a more kind of maybe effeminate w- manner, mm. you, you can tend to sort of dismiss what that person is saying as being kind of like hysterical, mm. and, you know. Uh, and I think that actually one thing that I found myself realizing is that Jasmine talks an awful lot of sense. You know, like kind of in between the like far too much she talks, she talks an awful lot of sense like that conversation around like not respecting herself and Georges's drag. Like it was very clear throughout the season that Daya was looking at them as competitors on a lesser level Mm. to herself and the other queens. And it's like if the producers have selected you to be there, you were all on the same level. If the producers are keeping you there, yes, it might be for storyline purposes and perhaps you didn't do as well on the challenge or perhaps you didn't deserve it, but you're in that game. You can't influence it, so you might as well not be mean about it. So I didn't necessarily think that Daya owned that quite as much as I would have liked her to have done, but I thought that Jasmine held herself very well and also like looked stunning and it really was giving me strong Alyssa Edward vibes. I think out of the the looks of all the queens, I thought... Jasmine, Alyssa and Cornbread were the best. I loved those three. I thought like I didn't really love yeah. Jasmine's runway this season, but I thought she looked fucking fantastic in the reunion. Oh, all yes. Yeah. The reunion and then again at the finale. Just yeah. stunned. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're 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 right there. I guess that's more of a it's like a subconscious cultural construct of like it's like a misogynistic tendency that's bred into us to ignore the high pitchedness and pass it off as like shrill and hysterical are those sort yeah. of misogynistic words that we use. So yeah, people, I think uh, there is a chance. I think also the speed at which she sp- speaks, like we're normally told that sort of articulate people speak slowly and clearly. And just because she speaks quickly and somewhat unclearly sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I think that was a fair, that was a fair point that she made. I think she was a lot more articulate than, than George's was, you know, when George's kind yeah. of her moment. Yeah, no, and I think that like obviously I think Georges like Georges is someone who I think is very confident in their performance yeah. well, but we've seen throughout the season as someone who maybe is less confident when put on the spot to like maybe host or to to speak and hopefully that's something that they'll be able to mm. to to work on because I think that like even for a queen who is so like you know dominant across the competition like I don't think she's left much of a mark. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do kind of know what you mean. Um... But she also was kind of like, I don't give a shit there. Like, I kind of felt she was just told that she was going to be in Drag Race Vegas Live. And she was like, grand, made it now. That's it. Yeah, that's all I that's need. That's 100 grand for the next few years. Then. <laughs> yeah, give me, fine, pass me that blunt, five. baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Joy also did appreciate that they that they acknowledged the death threats from the fandom. That it's like, you know, Di gets the most hate from the audience. And, you know, that's not fair on her. And it's like, yeah, I think that's good. Because it is a real downside to the fandom of the show and the toxicity of the platform. And I think it's fair to call it out. And I, I think it was Kerry who did that and was like, you know, she shouldn't have to put up with that. Yeah, she has her opinion, but she doesn't deserve that. And I actually yeah. think Kerry was the star of this show. I think she liked this episode. I think she came across really yeah. well. I, 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 I do too. And to be completely honest with you, I, I feel sort of, I, I feel like there's another world where Kerry was Miss Congeniality. And mm. I probably would have been more on board with that just based on what we saw. And I know like, you know, everyone like they obviously had bonded with cornbread, and I'm sure that if they were voting, like at the reunion, they had had many months post, kind of, or at the reunion or at the finale about that. I know we're we're jumping an episode ahead, but I I just saw so strongly how much Kerry was the heart of the season, and mm. particularly as she related to the likes of Jasmine and Bosco and Willow as they were on their own like journeys with their gender discovery. Like it was. 
yeah, she was she was fantastic, fabulous in both of these episodes. Yeah, no, definitely, and and I guess I just come off from seeing her in Dublin, where she performed, and she's had a real glow up. She's Kerry Cole BBL now, you know, she's looking sexier <laughs> than ever. Um, so I was like, oh wow, I, I, like because I think we both found her run on the show a bit meek like it kind of petered out yeah so then she kind of came back with a bang in my eyes at the show and then i thought she was the star of this episode and then she you know we'll, we'll chat about her in the finale as well so like i think she really ended it on a high and i think she's really sort of sealed herself in the in the all-stars canon now for the next few years yeah i i would i would see that for her i think that i could see her going back in like i don't i don't necessarily know that she is going to be a queen who will win drag race yeah but i certainly see her who will be as a queen who will be who would you know, you'd love to see her back competing in in in, in the workroom. I think she's uh, a real like pheromone. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll come back and like maybe we'll have like upped her game on the skipping for the talent show in episode yeah, one. She'll do um, the double dutch this time. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. We'll have some pit crew members out there doing the doing the yeah. spinning for her. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy. I also think another side of this week's episode was was Maddie Moore. Well, sorry, of the reunion episode was Maddie Morphosis. I think she really showed, you know, how funny she can be. I thought the bit where she called out Rue for doing two design challenges and then kicking her home before there was the Southern American comedy acting challenge, you know, it was very funny. And again, it was like, you know, I think the best thing an early out can do is show you what you've missed. And I think she did a good job of showing us that we missed her comedy moments. I completely agree with you. I think that we what we saw with Maddie was that that, that comedy was obvious because even like I think you know we all of the queens now post elimination are springing out the gates, being like, "This is the look I would have worn for this, and this is yeah. the look I would have worn for that." And all the looks are all are usually like just unbelievably phenomenal. And it's like, were you really going to wear that? Because mm. whereas Maddie's looks all look like they probably wear the looks yeah. that Maddie was going to wear. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know that that's good for you. Um, and I think that it really showed that like that looks aren't necessarily the strength and comedy is where it's at and she'd be someone that I'd I actually think that Maddie would be an interesting one to have in a versus the world franchise mm. rather than an American All-Stars I think mm. that I think that like I'm trying to see like if there's a distinction I can form in my head as a sort of queens that I would like to see in those things and I think Maddie is a queen that I would like to see on a versus the world yeah I could also see Maddie on We're Here I could definitely see as like a guest boss, like oh, working. Not a full time like, cast, just guest boss. No, well, no, because like I Eureka, mean, Bob, yeah, and Shangela fair, are, are yeah. you know, I think that like Titans. Eureka could Eureka could bring in Maddie in order to like help a homophobic dad. Yes. Get over some homophobia mm. or something. <laughs> <laughs> straight man to straight man. <laughs> yeah, or even, yeah, like I don't know. I, just, I, I feel. In the same way I feel, and Jiria's drag is really of a, of a place, you know, that sort of ATL pageantry. I yeah. feel Maddie's is also really of a place, of this, like, southern Midwest America. Um, I think, yeah, the appeal of that on, on UK versus the world is because, yeah, it's it's different geographies coming together in a style of drag. Yeah. So, yeah, I could definitely see the appeal of that. We would have to break our rule that we've imposed on a season we have no control over that they have to be an all-stars. But, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay with yeah. it. You know, you know. I'll, I'll I'll get on to the to the guys at Wow and say, look, I know we imposed this rule, yeah. but if you need to break it, that's please. fine. We're giving you an eight this time. Yes, please. Uh, someone who I, I like, I think in the in the finale and the reunion, who I also feel robbed by is Alyssa uh, Hunter. I think 
We've yeah, just, I like. In hindsight, just, it's just gone far too soon. Based on like who I, I they mean, saved. When you see her, yeah. yeah, when you see her next to Orion story, like yeah, Orion story and June Jambalaya and Alyssa Hunter, you really are like. I mean, Oly- Alyssa Hunter is a queen that I'm like bring her back for an All Stars because I'm whatever she was packing was probably amazing and I also like I know that we've kind of had a talk about kind of like oh the the trade of the season chat and, and all mm. that stuff being kind of a bit awkward and usually I'm kind of like well it's part of the show and whatever but I found that like having just that be the focus on her in the reunion was yeah. a little bit like well she, like she's a hot guy there's no you know she's very Ricky Martin you know mm. sexy man but she bangs you know her drag is really excellent her drag is elevated beyond a lot of the queens in the competition who went much further yeah. and it was a pity not to like have her be able to show some more of us yeah agreed agreed now maybe you know again in my ideal fantasy that season 15 is a is an all like an early outs season invited back maybe they kicked her out early to invite her back for then but that's that's really that's conspiracy corner squared now. That yeah, <laughs> I do think that like it it is interesting though when you look at the like the first well, so if you take if you take uh, cornbread out yeah of the first group gone home, but it is June Jambalaya, Orion Story, and and um, Alyssa Hunter and Maddie like that four when you when you have the four of those together, like like Alyssa is is like in a. It's like Premiership versus whatever, oh, sports, another one that's sports, not... Sports. I know, I was like, as I started down this sports <laughs> thing, I was like, where am I going to go? What else do I know other than Premiership? I don't know. It's like Little Mix versus Mini Viva. Uh, there we go. Let's, yes. let's keep it current. I'm excited. I'm, I'm also, I'm very excited to be going to Manchester to see Little Mix for one of the final dates on their tour. Oh, in that'd be nice. Time. Yeah. That'd be nice. That's what that's what I'm going to do with my weekends off from Drag Race people. I'm going to follow Little Mix around around Britain. I was trying to remember how long have you been doing the Golden Boot? Did the Golden Boot just come in last year? Did it? No, the Golden Boot came in the year of Silky when she won it for that like atrocious uh, ant thing with the oh the, the, spray. the roach. Yeah, the roach thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so who yeah. else has won it then? No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did it come in season 10 and did Monet get it for the sponge dress? Uh, okay, I've just Googled it here on the Drag Race Wiki and it says the first winner of it was Lalari. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I'm but, just going back. But I do, I, like, I do think there have been a recurring segment where they were like tooting and booting looks and they showed some of the best and some of the worst looks. But I think the actual format of the golden boot came in last year with Lalari. I like it though I'd keep it there's like the similar one for Eurovision as well where it's like the worst look in Eurovision they give an award to I kind of like it yeah no I'm I'm into that I'm down for that yeah well, I think that. it's also well I guess Lalari won it for a design challenge as well but like that's because she didn't do much with it I kind of felt it was unfair to give it to Maddie Morvis's for that yeah I mean I, I do sort of think that if you are going to have an Alyssa, uh, if you're going to have a, um, a Golden Boot Award it probably should be for something you brought from home yeah. um, because it's like as Santino said about that terrible Alyssa Edwards dress it's like it is worse than something made here because it's something someone looked at said this is great and put it in their bag to bring with them yeah. so it shows a lack of taste and a lack of ability to put an outfit together um, though you know there is very little in Drag Race canon that will ever come close to being as like provocative we shall say as Lala Ree's like couple of gift bags glued onto her tits 
iconic though. So like no one's gonna be dressed up at Halloween as Maddie Morphus's dress, you know. Like No, 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 yeah, no. I go. have to say though, if I was gonna be giving a golden boot for the looks last night, Lallery would be taking that home again yeah. as well. <laughs> I don't know Ryan's story I like the dragon I guess but yeah I mm. didn't love what she, she brought back uh, let, let's get into the finale then um, let's jump to the entrance looks I guess these were kind of spoiled during the week online like I definitely had seen a good few of them again I thought Alyssa Hunter looked amazing I liked how she waved the fan and the dollars came out it was kind of a throwback to when she tried to use the money gun during the lip sync and it failed so I was like good for you girl you get that fan redemption cornbread looked amazing yeah I on on um well first of all Alyssa Hunter looked gorgeous yeah. but so there's there is a a sort of a thing happening at the moment in drag queens wigs that I don't know like I'm not there involved in the conversation mm. about like what's hot and what's not but it's these kind of like highly stylized curls mm. that are like frosted and tipped with like glitter or like rhinestones I mean, we have seen so many of them this season and we have seen so many of them like on this thing. And I'm just like, I hope that next season we are we are done with these because I just like I like I, I just don't think that they are as impactful maybe as they do. I think that like this, like Alyssa's look on this was like the best because she kind of had like a weird like Ur- Ursula Sea Witch kind of vibe going on with the whole look in general. Yeah. Um, But I think we've seen some other of them and it's just like, stop it. No, just have like a nice, natural, normal, big, big wig. And we want something that looks like Simone was wearing. Yeah, exactly. I didn't flag that wig now, uh, but... um. I'll keep my eye out for them. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about, though. I just uh, I didn't notice it on her. Um, but yeah, the cornbread looked great as like Belle slash the Beast combined. Can we talk about my? Oh, we are going to get to her at some point. Sorry, I'm looking at these pictures in the wrong order. I just realized. Okay, well, so no, no, jump to who you want to say. I want to jump to like my fave of the season, probably like outside of Lady Camden is Deja Sky and I'm just like what on God's green earth were you doing in that look so it wasn't it a, a Miss Congeniality 2 reference to the cover of the but like that doesn't mean it could it could it shouldn't have been better First of all, I think, you know, very presumptuous to do a Miss Congeniality <laughs> reference. And a, I mean, like that shows a certain amount of like, you know, we talk about like not making assumptions. Don't make an assumption. Obviously, it was an incorrect assumption. But well, I, w- it, I would have thought she was Bucky's favorite for it. And, you know, the Internet would have loved it when it was like, um, did, oh, my God, the moment Deja Sky wins Miss Congeniality, where he had Miss Congeniality to reference work, bitch, slay the house down boots. But yeah, like, <laughs> thinking it out, it is fucking bold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. But I do, I do think as well, like, the look itself is just, like... It, it's, it was the it's worst Holly Hobby. Yeah, it's like Holly Hobby. And it's like, you know, good for you if you're making all this stuff. Like, that's really good. But, like, take... Like, you're not... Like... You've got the skills, but maybe you don't have the design. I think that's because I think that's, that's what she's missing. And we've seen that throughout the entire season with her looks was that she has the ability to put together looks, but she just doesn't really have the 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 
the design brain mm. to like actually create interesting looks because I loved her and she, she grew on me so much and even like you know I think that no one will ever be uh, as like uh, that hype girl moment in the roast challenge yeah. like, what a lovely thing to do mm. and then even like in today's thing during the lip syncs you saw her like losing her life screaming for mm. the queens up on the stage and it's like to be giving that support I was like that is a real miscongeniality kind of you know thing to be doing but I just was like girl you know, this was a moment to hire a proper designer and yeah. come and wow people. Yeah. Not no. to like try and look like a, a Casey Price backup dancer from 2004. And again, like I only saw her on Twitter saying like, thank you for everyone who who realized that my look was a miscongeniality to reference. I didn't get it. So no uh, uh, references that we did. Like, again, I guess this was leaked on Twitter, but I did get it straight away when Kerry Colby dressed up as the as the Thanos Fist, I oh, thought that was great. That was brilliant because I love that movie. Another one, yeah. thank you. Another one, like I, she looked so stunning, and mm. like the body is absolutely insane. Like I think, like her wearing that is a classic example of internet culture and the snake eating itself. It's like you know, it, yeah, it it really is. Like and like this was like the, this kind of had that similar kind of like extremely like stylized kind of like curls and stuff within the wig mm. and I thought it looked it worked with it because it was almost like there really was something almost like like this could be Thanos's wife like this is this is the this is the 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 woman that Thanos leaves his wife for kind of you know in like yeah. Avengers Endgame 5 when I it's like I haven't seen the any of them I only know the Thanos thing from the meme but yeah but, you know I think if I mean, that was, was made up Th- Thanos never had a romantic storyline <laughs> so I was just inventing it I'm like she she looks like a sexy woman who would seduce a, a billionaire <laughs> I got more like if Beyonce was in the Marvel Universe. Was If Beyonce was in the MCU, that's what she'd look like. Agreed. Yes, I see that. Absolutely. I loved Nigeria's peacock blue feathers, peacock feathers. I thought like she looked, you know, amazing. She, the silhouette was so big, but then it's a big stage. So like it gave her such a great presence oh, on there. She owned the whole place. And like that, like those wings were just like, she was Las Vegas. Yeah. Like that was just absolutely perfection. Yeah. And like, I felt sorry for Bosco kind of coming after mm. her because I just feel like Bosco's was gorgeous as well, but it just wasn't maybe like, it just wasn't on the same level But mm. because it was like so ref- It was so similarly like it was so similar to what what Algeria had yeah. been wearing it. You could just you could all you could well you found yourself focusing in on the bits that could have been done slightly better. And the fact that the wings were kind of flopping back a bit, I was like, mm, I know it was same color, that same sort of style. It just ended up being less impactful. So yeah, it was it was yeah. a bit of a shame. And then I loved Daya. I didn't love Lady Camden, and I didn't love Willow, but I did really like Daya. I thought she looked um, like possibly the best she's looked all season. Yeah, now was was that kind of a like a, a reference to her her entrance look in some way? Like, because didn't she have a tiny top hat when she came in the first time? I don't think so. She came in like a uh, like black and yellow, but she did have the top hat when she was doing the Moulin Rouge. Okay, well maybe that's what yeah. I was like. I was associating. I did think that she looked the best she she had she had looked all season, and she looks like this is a beautiful outfit as well. And you know, it stood out. I think because of the colour of it mm. and it was like different what the other queens were kind of wearing but you were right though 
I liked the idea of Lady Camden's. I thought it was sort of fun because didn't she get an awful lot of stick earlier on in the season about kind of being horse-faced? Oh, I missed that. Like, kind of, you know, she was getting those Sarah Jessica Parker Mm. comparisons and and whatnot. So I thought, like, that's nice of her to kind of, you know, or that's fun of her to to lean into that. But I don't think it necessarily was the wow factor that she she would have wanted. Um, And Willow's was... Like fine, but I didn't necessarily get it. Yeah, I wonder was it like a showgirl version of some like Tekken character or something with somebody with like a blade for a hand? So again, the reference might have been lost on me. But I love that color red though. Yeah, um, I, I like it I, was. She looked beautiful in that, and there was like a cutout, a very specific cutout, like on her on her waist, which I thought was like I don't know, it was just very sexy because it was yeah. like it was showing skin in a way you don't usually see skin shown. Mm, definitely. So then we have the moment, well, obviously, Rue descends from the ceiling, which I loved. And then we have Michelle come out and present, I thought it was going to be the key of Las Vegas. And maybe it's just because I've been watching Hacks and somebody gets the key of Las Vegas and that and they say, and it's like, oh, she gives that to anybody. So I thought that's what she was going to get. But no, it's a key to say that now the 22nd of April is going to be RuPaul Day. However, the 22nd of April is already Earth Day. And I think this is such irony in the fact that Vegas is just going to call Earth Day RuPaul Day when he's off, like, fracking the Earth's crust into oblivion in Wyoming. (laughs) Well, look, I mean, it depends what sort of Earth you want to live on. Um, (laughs) Mother Earth or Mother Ru, you know? I mean, (laughs) I I did, like, I, I enjoyed that little kind of breakdown dancing mm. with Michelle and like I thought it also was I saw someone tweet about how like how to like take someone else's special day and make it like all about yourself yeah. like by having kind of like this finale lined up and then all of a sudden it's like hey and now you're the queen of New <laughs> queen of Las Vegas yay um but just to go back to the entrance because I, I kind of interrupted you when we were going to talk about cornbreads cornbreads oh, yeah. like that like was so like first of all it it said so much like mm. this idea of kind of like you could be the beauty and the beast all of this kind of like like beautiful stuff by loving yourself gorgeous but just the, the like the prosthetics were flawless yeah they were they were amazing like it, like it was hard to even see her under there yeah no completely and you know and i did like and her look at the reunion as well when she did the recreation of um when she did the recreation of the um the the willows entry yes was, yeah that was, was so fun that was amazing so fun yeah 100 that i actually we can get a chance to chat that but yeah that is you know when changing your angle to ankle yeah amazing um <clears throat> so after the rupaul day then we have the five songs i guess we can go into go into them individually but i just felt with this it was production leading a step leading us down a merry merry path again and i just felt like they just threw Bosco and Daya to the production wolves and they were like, let's give them unremarkable songs. And I think the fact that the songs weren't in the... Like, the first thing I did when Angeria came out was like, why isn't she singing this? Why is it not in her own voice? It was so clearly yeah. somebody else's song, but yet the lyrics were supposed to be at her. It just created this real disconnect in the performance, I felt, that I... I did like the yeah. last two, but the first three, I just was like, what were they thinking? No, I, I, so they did this obviously season eight, like they had the, the three, um, yeah, legs, legs the, and femme fat and Asian and 
you know, yeah, Bob whatever Bob says. But I mean, like, you know, Femme Fat Nation and Legs have both gone on to kind of like have a bit of a cultness mm. about them because they were like they were they were decent. I mean, you know, that was in the gold. Was that in the golden era of Lucien Piani when he was at his best of writing? Yeah, I think so. Self-referential stuff. So, mm. I mean, like, it, like, I mean, it does show that it does take someone who has a like a, a, a very it's not a throwaway thing to do to create something that's going to have longevity or it's going to be interesting to hear at in that moment because I found all of those songs like even Willow's one that I know everyone's gagging over like I didn't enjoy it I wouldn't ever go back and listen to it again I'm not really excited by the the format they chose for the finale because I think they like there wasn't a huge amount of tension because it was like how are you objectively judging each of these performances Mm. against one another because the songs aren't really in the same sort of format or key and like say Angeria's was really referential to her journey on the Mm -hmm. show but then Daya's and Bosco's wasn't at all and it, it, it I yeah I would have preferred just a straight up kind of lip sync smackdown like I would have preferred a like I just think kind of that you've given us a top five and I know no one really loves a top three a, a, a three-way lip sync but just do that and eliminate people and then give us like up-tempo fast songs give us a Britney song we haven't had before give us an Ariana song we haven't had before the children can live etc and then have it decided that way rather than this sort of like lackluster confusion of sort of songs that don't really sound like anything like was it like Bosco had like a or, or was it Bosco or Daya had like a kind of like a mopey Bosco. Olivia rodrigo sounds like Halsey I thought it was like Halsey yeah. Lana Del Rey was called Devil it sounded like an Albanian Eurovision entry I just was like like if I went to a drag show and a Bosco performed that I would be, I would know nothing about it from that no, absolutely, and I would also be like, "Hey, Bosco, perform songs we've we've heard of." <laughs> um, but no, I, 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 like, I just, I felt like it was a misstep to. I think it was a misstep to 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 choose this format for the finale because we've had an awful like we've already had the the catwalk song that they did was mm. like a write your own verse, sing about yourself t- task. I felt like that actually I've gone back and listened to that I think of those sort of songs it's actually probably one of my favourite ones it's one of the better ones certainly I'm still listening to it now whereas any of these songs weren't really saying anything the performances weren't really noteworthy you weren't getting kind of like you know gaggy moments or stunty moments it wasn't sort of like emotional Yeah, it all felt kind of perfunctory like I actually would have happily seen Angeria do like an extended version of that Angie song shit of the talent show like because that was yeah. that was exactly what you wanted it was like this is me it was catchy it was like talent check you know fashion yeah. check and like I actually you know I thought her song had potential and I guess like yeah online people discussed her track record a lot but it's a bit of like a a braggy song to do and obviously you know it's the finale you're supposed to up yourself you know up yourself but she kind of builds herself up as like I'm known for saying you ugly bitch I thought the song would be all like about that and I thought that would be fun I know that's also yeah. tried just turning your catchphrase into a song but like but also like I mean that that wasn't like that was a that was that wasn't I mean I mean fa- that's a fan, into fan generated moment I guess but, yeah but, but also like that you ugly bitch thing came from like a script written for a skit so it wasn't like something she said authentically yeah. in a, in like kind of a and not that it like it doesn't necessarily you know iconic moments can come from everywhere that's fine and we can all laugh at that but I just was like you know trying to play off an idea of like oh I'm shady because I said this or whatever mm. which is not actually the case 
you know, that's me getting too into the weeds of like, but, but be I, authentic I feel, to yourself, Angie. I still feel you'd like, never call anyone an ugly bitch in real life. But I feel it's like, you know, in the future, if someone go, is like, we're taking the queens with catchphrases, like you might think of Angie and you ugly bitch because you know it's 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 said in her voice and you know yeah fine she wasn't actually saying it to anybody but like you know I'm not gonna. If I look back at the season, I'm not going to think, oh, Nigeria, she was a great queen purely for her track record alone, because like, that has nothing to do with her or her drag or her personality. I think one of the problems is they're running out of bits of the show to write songs about. <laughs> you know, like yeah. they, they've kind of like they've 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 covered like every sort of bit. And so like now and every kind of part of a queen's experience already has like a little song written about it. Mm. Anyway, my preference in this would have been I didn't enjoy any of the songs really. Um I didn't really enjoy any of the the looks either. If well, I'm being truthful, well, oh, we'll get to Lady Camden and Bosco or Willow. Sorry, cause I I've I've more nicer things to say about them. But I think it's just the first three. No, I, I like Nigeria. I just felt it was so jarring because it was clearly a white lady's voice that she had to lip sync to, but it was yeah. supposed to be a song about herself, and that was just such a big disconnect yeah. for me. And I just what what made me think was how much have the queens had a say in this have they had any input at all like i felt like angeria was probably in the writer's room and was like i'd like to do something about this i felt like bosco and diabetti got to just choose a song from some pre like they had nothing to do with it and that like that just feels ultimately unfair it's like give all the queens an equal opportunity to present themselves and we can which choose is why them. which is why you do a which is why you do a um all the, like those like things that the the lucky one arm band or whatever they're called like they usually have three little things so you do a pull of that and you get your three queens and they all lip sync against each mm. other against a song or whatever song. My feeling is, if I was going to be putting on my, my conspiracy conspiracy cap, yeah, uh, it would be that they wanted Willow in the final two. Yeah, they weren't convinced that Willow was going to be able to out lip sync Camden. Well, certainly not Camden, potentially uh, Daya Bosco or Daya Bosco might might have been able to pull something gag worthy mm. out and that would have like limited their way of like putting Willow in the top two. Mm. Like Willow's a really strong performer. Willow's a brilliant performer. I'm not like saying anything. I'm just saying that like in this format, they were able to decide who was in the top yeah. two without any sort of like eye on who was competing against who like they probably wanted both Camden and Willow in the final and two. Willow in, in well, the final two that was two. clear based on the songs I just and, yeah and I guess what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to critique it for what it was rather than what it should have been to a certain degree like yeah you know I also think the lip sync Smackdown for the crown was ruined on the first outing by Sasha Velour she did too well like those things got to compare to that but um yeah, I just I think this had I think this could have been good is is what's yeah. what, what frustrated me. I think this could have been so much better if if they all had a song at the same level as Willow's and maybe Lady or, Camden's, it would have been better. Do you know what actually I would have enjoyed? What if they had been given the same opportunity as season twelve Queens? Because this was the first time that yeah. they've been back in proper yeah. thing, and it's like you pick a song, you put together a performance, you have yes. whatever one hundred percent. You have, and it's like you could pick what from whatever of these, and then and then like. It is up, then they can decide who does best based on what song was picked, how it was performed, how it was put together. What it says about them. Exactly. And it's just, and it's also a song the audience already knows. Mm. So you're not relying on them kind of like zooming into the same sort of photograph of the same shocked table of twinks in order to tell you, you should be enjoying this. (laughs) Because let's jump to Lady Camden, right? Her song was clearly written for her because it was queen Mm -hmm. sounding. It was all about, yeah. I fell down, I got up and I won. 
But I kind of just felt in this whole episode, in her VT, she falls down at the fountain and she gets back up and she has the moustache. And then this whole song is about falling down and getting back up. And then the final lipstick, she falls down and does a reveal. And it's like, okay, so for the last 16 weeks, all you're going to boil this queen's drag down to is she's a stunt queen. And RuPaul's there being like, Lady Camden, Mama Camden, did you always know your queen, was, your daughter was a stunt queen? And it was like, but she's done so much more than just that one stunt. Yes, that was Absolutely. probably one of the most iconic moments of the season. Yes, it was brilliant. But like, you're boiling her down to this one trick, you know, pony, aka the entrance look. You know, I just felt that was unfair. And I wonder how how complicit in that decision Lady Camden was. I guess that like you know people are like things are boiled down to a single meme or a single thing and it's like she's trying to play up this kind Mm. of you know that moment as her kind of lasting like I would say that that probably like I I would say that that probably is going to be the most that'll be the moment that gets pulled yeah from the like season 14 reel to be like showing like oh remember that Mm. like that'll be that'll be it and maybe she wants to highlight it but at the same time like I suppose they I, I don't know that they will really have had any thought or any sort of input into what they were thinking what they were were going to be the song that they were going to be performing so i'm sure that they were like here you know at least we forced for you for like you know diabetti and bosco they basically were like oh can we have like a knockoff lana and a knockoff billy please and we'll just mm. you know stick di- can we actually for a moment talk about the best thing in this entire segment of the show which was diabetti's look yeah it was amazing and like, also like, I I couldn't decide. But was she referencing the dragonfly? Was that look referencing the dragonfly? Because I felt like it might have been. Well, the song was very musical theater. I felt like, yeah, it was more downbeat, but it felt more like, yeah, it was like a musical theater ballad than you know. There was strings. There was like very thumping drum beats. And I don't know if I necessarily associate Diabetti with as a musical theater queen. So again, this was a disconnect for me. Yeah, no, I doubt, like, in terms of the actual music, I kind of, I felt it was, like, it was, it didn't really match, and mm. it also then didn't really match the look she had. Yeah. Um, like, the whole thing was a bit, was a bit disconnected. Yeah. Um, but I do think she deserves mega points Props. for that look. Yeah. Props for that look. Props for Mama. <laughs> Props to your Mama. Um, <laughs> like, I have to say, I did enjoy Willow's performance. I thought it was, it was funny. I think it was she you know I liked her, the big rosette look she had I thought it was it was like it was a perfect 90 second performance I thought because it was funny you know the song was funny I think she performed it well when she gave us the little voguing moment it was fun I think the final reveal of the face on the crotch was genius like it was incredibly well thought out and it was incredibly well executed and Willow is incredibly intelligent person like that but it, it did really reek of they were like Okay, we've got an hour to do it. Let's spend 40 minutes on Willow, 10 minutes on Lady Camden, I went to the other two in 10 minutes. It was just like, I feel she yeah. had the best thing to work with. Like, 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 look at Divas Live. Mariah Carey's verse was one of the best ones. This was clearly a better song. And anybody, and anything yeah. she did that would have done it, would have went to the final. No, I completely agree. Like, I mean, it was unquestionably the most entertaining of them, the performance of mm. it as well. Like, like the choice, we assume that, you know willow had control over the the look that she was going to create to perform it in and she did a really good job of like putting something together i didn't love the color like i thought that's kind of like weird olivey green was Mm. was not very flattering or or didn't didn't look very beautiful um but like it definitely felt like the most interesting performance that you'd seen and the most memorable one like hands down and i think her and camden the two of them together 
like you could see from that it was almost like why have we watched this last 25 minutes like mm. it could literally just have gotten straight to the lip sync for the the two of them it's like we've spent the entire the entire like 77 weeks that we've been watching this show being told about what a strong cast it is and how like there's no way they could make a decision and this is the first time in drag race history that we've had like a five-way finale and then it's like they basically just before they even start the finale cameras rolling they've like written off three of the queens yeah so it's like it yeah. doesn't feel very fair and it's kind of a yeah. bit like well why why bother like why mm. why did you bring daya or bosco into the finale if you were just going to sort of like write them off yeah. straight away. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I think that it just felt unfair to me watching it. And part of me kind of felt that Lady Camden was like, was kind of told you can't be too good. Because even like in the reveal of her costume, it was like, it was just, just a leotard. And, and I thought the wig line was awful. And I was just like, we've seen her do better throughout the season. Why, why now is she just phoning it in for the finale? Yeah, I don't. Know. It was. It didn't sit right with me anyway, because I just kind of felt this. You know, so, something's going on. Something's rotten in the state of Vegas. Something, something in the water. Something on the milk ain't right, as they say about Bosco. Yeah, for go. some reason that I don't understand. <laughs> Let's jump then to the pivot of the miscongeniality moment. Simone looked fantastic. I thought she was a great host. I would have happily had seen her host the rest of, after that. Yeah, I agree. I thought that she, that look was so phenomenal. I saw the little video of her making yeah. it, like, and they actually made like a plaster cast of the the bust, and mm. like it, 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 you know, like when you think of the the elegance that people are, like, I just it it is it was such like when you see people walk the runway in that sort of mm. kind of like streetwear thing, and they're always like, oh, you need to elevate it, you need to like give it more. It's like, well, actually, that's how you give yeah. an elevated version of like a t-shirt and jeans. Like, because like if any other queen was to walk out onto the runway wearing a t-shirt and jeans, which is basically what she was wearing, mm. like they would be red for it. But she manages to just elevate it to this level of like perfection. Yeah, and also like everyone compares all the gowns now to Scarlet's, you know, what's that Scarlet say, Violet's. Um, you know, crowning yeah. look in season eight. And I just like how she was like, Joe, I'm not going to sit up here. She had, she had in like the red carpet, a really big red flowing gown, which was amazing. But I think she was like, I'm going to make this really Simone, really personal, really black girl, casual magic yeah. to the, you know, the highest quality quality. And it's like, you see it and you're like, that is Simone. And if anyone does look like that, yeah. you're going to be like, that's a Simone look. I thought it was a, a yeah. brilliant way to encapsulate her personality. Yeah. And that wig as well. My mm. God. Like that wig was just unbelievable. It was so like, it was just towering and gorgeous and huge. And she looked beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Were you disappointed with the winner of Miss Congeniality? No. Like, I mean, I loved Cornbread and like, I was very sorry to see Cornbread go out earlier in the season. And I thought that she was someone who seemed to have a lot of heart and like, mm. certainly like, you know, from, from Instagram, you see the way that like, say her and Willow have become friends and that there's like something cute about that. And they, everyone seems to look up to her. But I did just feel that from a, a viewer's perspective. Yeah. And from a viewer's perspective, like we really got to know Carrie and see how she cared for those other Queens and see how she had sort of, you know, helped people along in their journey and it would have been I, I think I, I I think it would have felt more rewarding for me to see Carrie win win that I thought it was Deja's to be honest I think Deja gave us the Nina West queen the you know the, the happy presence the loving hug in the in the workroom so I was surprised 
that she didn't win. Yeah, to be fair, I, I also was a little bit surprised that, that... Like, I thought that it would have been between Deja and Kerry. Would have been the ones mm. I would have put it between. Yeah, I think so too. And I... I like, I, I think that... Like, you'd wonder, like, what's going on that Kerry... That, that Kornberg got it, like, because... Yeah, like if they if they they obviously made that decision based on time since the show because they would have really only spent like three or four days with her. Yeah, or, or, like actually during the show. Yeah, I don't know when they vote on it. I think it's probably like when they gather for the finale. So they probably would have had done all the press and the promo stuff together maybe at that yeah. point too. But look, she gets her ten k and they all got two k or something from Ole. Well, sure. Look at them. They all they're all they're all happy. They're all great. But yeah, I was laughing. You all got two k and they're like, wow. And they're all all probably standing there in five k worth of like costumes <laughs> and stuff. Here's the thing to ask you: Would the little um, winner winning losing is the new winning interlude from the Las Vegas Live mm. show have enticed you to want to go and see it? Uh, not any more than I would be interested to go and see it. Yeah, I would be interested to go and see it, but I, I, I felt that felt a bit wedged into me. I, I was, yeah. I would, we could have done without that. I Joe think. was also wedged in, even though like I appreciated it. The the hot chocolate, hot chocolate, because I was like, she could have sing. Is she dead? What like? <laughs> Is she dead? Yeah, I genuinely thought she was dead when I saw. When I thought it was an in memoriam to one of Rue's friends, and then I was like, oh, there she is. Now let's move on. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I did. I remember they used to do like a kind of a. They used to do sort of in the earlier seasons, they would do like during the finale, like a little educational bit about kind of like Stonewall mm. or about kind of, you know, like, you know, the divas that gays love or whatever. And I did like that. And I thought bringing it back is a nice idea. But I just thought like, and even like, it's nice to start highlight, like for like to see Rue highlighting, like Rue, obviously, obviously Rue has had a change of heart and is like, you know what? I'm embracing other drag queens now. So there is no hate narrative between me and Pablo Vitar. Yeah. I know another drag queen <laughs> over there. Lady Bunny is not the only drag queen I know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, if you're going to do then, like have them on as a guest judge or something. Like, I, I, like I'm definitely open to hearing about these legacy US drag queens. Like I'm very interested in hearing it and shoving it yeah. as a short segment in the middle of a finale. Like it's, it's happening. You are right. It, it, it did have the, the bang of an in memoriam about it yeah. so like it was a bit confusing it was a bit uh, so that leaves us to the final lip sync uh, I know you're disappointed that it wasn't the OG ABBA version of Gimme 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 um, but I'm guessing they couldn't get the rights to it yeah I, I just am like come on guys give us a give us a give us a drag give us a give us Dancing Queen give us Dancing Queen yeah I, I don't know if they, have, if they have the rights to it I know Gimme 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 has like this kind of semi-remix that's going around TikTok at the moment so maybe it was a nod to that because they got the share version I like that the runner-up is getting 50k now and the winner's getting 150k it really goes to show that there's still a lot of money in the old beast yet like there's they're, they're, they're up in the money for literally no reason whatsoever uh, absolutely and uh, yeah and so final lip sync again I felt I was looking at Lady Camden being like girl come on you can turn this lip sync you gave us like that that on Vogue lip sync was amazing. You gave us a really good lip sync as Freddie Mercury. Do you not want yeah. to win? I was very confused about it because I did feel like like first of all, like Willow's look was really funny. Yeah, I loved cool. it. I thought it was amazing. Concept. And then like when she had when she had the reveal into the trousers, I was like, that is absolutely gas. Yeah. But like and even then like her her leotard underneath it was was beautiful as well. Like I thought I was like great, good on you. You have really given us something interesting. I didn't think Lady Camden really gave us an interesting finale look. It was, you know, I liked when it, she finished in the like red with the gold flames. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's it. That's cute. But like it really 
wasn't. But you she know, did. She did. She did the reveal again. The fall reveal. Yeah. And, it, and it I think that she well. ended up pulling her, her head back a little bit. So yeah. like she, she, she had to pull the I, old wig out of the new wig and it just was like, give us something new. Yeah. Also, for, for the only queen in the competition who would have had an awareness of the television program, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. That should have given her even more motivation. Show me Kate, show me Kathy Burke. Show me Kathy Burke on that runway. Rue wouldn't have liked it because he wouldn't have got it. So. No, Rue would have loved it because Rue was with Kathy Burke on the, the main stage of UK. Oh, can we talk about the 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 very... First of all, Willow Pill's sister is absolutely Stun. stunningly beautiful. Yes. Stunningly beautiful. Yeah. And when they were like, oh, we went to like buy Willow's first look. Don't worry, Rue, it wasn't at H&M. We went to Forever 21. Yeah. And then Rue was like, I love H&M. I, was like, I loved that moment. I thought that was a, a lovely call out to like another season. Mm, exactly. I found Rue's hosting so bad. <laughs> I thought you mm. just came off so insecure. Like at one point it was like, you know, what have you, what have you learned about this season? It's like, I've just learned how important it is to have a sisterhood and to be supported by people who, you know, appreciate what you do. And we was like, oh, that's lovely. Like, like, click, you know, checked out behind the eyes. It was just full on robo animatronic Rue. Yeah. Well, just Rue was so like, like feeling the, uh, the painkillers and the feet wearing off. I'm yeah. Like, Good. <laughs> <laughs> so... Where do you think season 14 sits in the canon? Because I've seen a lot of people online say, oh, this is like one of the best seasons in, in ages. And I personally am not on that train of thought. No. I think that it was not... So, first things first, I'm going to just like talk a little bit about stuff I would have perhaps like... If I, in a perfect world, if I had been involved in the the, uh, the 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 production of this finale, other than like actual lip syncs um, or giving each queen a moment to be able yeah. to perform a different song, I would have liked like like it it didn't feel like usually there's a ton of queens from the from the the, the franchise there, and I know that that's because yeah previously. Yeah, Previously, the Drag Race finale has been filmed in Las Vegas, or in Los Angeles right after DragCon, so everyone is there. And I think that, you know, you get like a real sense of, of celebration about it when you see previous winners or when you see kind of other people are there. And I know the cast of Drag- Vegas Live are there, but like really if Alexis Mateo is your kind of benchmark of like the highest quality of queen there, it doesn't feel as much like the ceremony that you had when you were doing it in, in LA. I've seen would... Kahana Matrice more times in the last two days than I have. Than you saw on her season actual 11. season. Yeah. Yeah, and I do think as well this would have been a great opportunity for them to to sort of spotlight the like the the new season. So I would yeah, have loved, idea. I would have loved if they had had like a, a like a, a a runway walk of all of the, the yeah. like the rooms from like you know, get get like Priscilla get get Fred get oh you know, get I thought Supreme. you were going to say All Star Seven like have have the the curtain come up and they're all standing there and Rue's like, you know, bring you know, this is the new season. Like, I think that would have been fantastic. I I just, I was thinking like in a way of tying it into the international franchises would have been to just have, like even just to have like a judge's box where you had the like the queen, the, the, the queens yeah. where just to kind of, like I would have just like to, Bring something linking it all in mm. would have would have been nice. Or Whereas even invite felt... all the winners who've won since the end of season thirteen. Get like Carmen Ferrara there and Keaton Mean. Like invite them yeah. over and have like a winners winners walk. Yeah, that would have been like that would have been great. It just 
it just it felt like it, there was very little ceremony about it. I think mm. that's what it was. That's that's there wasn't me, even a seconds. performance from Christine and the Queens. I know where was that? I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, but no, like I, I mean, and we didn't even get a oh hey pork chop. Where was that? Yeah. Where was the hey pork chop moment? Mm. Um, yeah, where it ranks like it, I, I don't know. I think post season nine. Like I, I, I haven't ever gone back to rewatch pre season nine. I've gone back to rewatch the seasons a number of times, yeah. like an even twelve and thirteen, although they're good. So I think just in my mind that Drag Race has sort of moved from a thing that like a comfort that I go back to watch mm. again and again to something that I watch as it's on, and I enjoy. I enjoyed this season a lot, but I don't think I'll be going back to it. Yeah, yeah, I. I still think season 12 is better. I think maybe season 10 is better as well. Um, and I'm only judging it based on how excited I am to watch the episodes. Like, I, I think back to UK season two. I think back to even, even like the, the talent show of Spain, where I'm like, God, this is so good. I'm just so excited for the next act. UK versus yeah. the world, those first two episodes. I'm like so buzzing to turn on my screen and see the dragon that's going to be before me. Yeah. And I... I think I got it for the first episode and maybe the second episode because, you know, Cornbread's... Like, Cornbread's talent show is something I would have watched several times during the week. But kind of after Cornbread left, I didn't have that same level of excitement. Yeah, there was great highlights. I mean, Lady Cam, you know, that Lady Camden moment. There were some great lip syncs and there were some very funny moments. But it's not something that I, will excite me to revisit. I, I think that they over-egged the pudding on the, the like on the chocolate bar completely and on the the kind of like oh Shantae you all stay oh my god now yeah. no one's going home there's no mm. there's no sadness here tonight like and I I was like I think that maybe a more stripped back season next next time would be good less queens and I think less episodes would be my my advice yeah I don't think that's happening but yeah no <laughs> <laughs> So that's it. Another season has come and gone. Let us know. Did you love the season? Head over to Sissy That Pod at, uh, on Instagram at Sissy That Pod and let us know. Maybe you love the season. What would you like to see different in season fifteen? We want to hear from you. And who 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 of the queens do you think we'll still be thinking about, talking about, and appreciating, say a year from now? Mm-hmm. Like when we get to the end of season fifteen, which queens will be referring back to in in our in our finale on that? Who knows? Will we be like going, oh, do you remember Willow Pill's gag-worthy performance? I don't think we will, I but might, we'll see. I think we might. I think we might. Okay, okay, okay. The main feed will be quiet for the next four-ish weeks until the mm-hmm. all-winner season comes out on the 20th of May. Uh, if you're going to miss our voices or if you're watching Drag Race España, we'll still be doing the workroom on our premium feed, so head over there and join in the fun. Or check out our new podcast, Queer Classified. It'll be out weekly discussing things that aren't drag related. If you have drag race fatigue at this point, exactly. We we it's not it's not necessarily a drag free zone, but it certainly hasn't yet had any drag race content within us. Yeah, and maybe, prob- maybe am, I, am I not? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. As always, thank you for supporting and commenting and sharing the episodes with your friends and letting us know your thoughts on Instagram throughout the whole season. We'll be back to do it on the 20th of May. So look after yourselves and we'll see you. Love you. Bye. Bye.
This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.